I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 157 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz, some say. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates or you can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, things you love, things you hate, things you want to hear more of on this show. Speaking of things you want to hear more of on this show, I have a beautiful, an amazing, a fantastic, a a brother from another mother return guest who has been far too long and I am super duper excited to have back on the show. He is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Derek Brown himself at dbro underscore FFB over on Twitter. Derek, how the heck are you, buddy? Doing good, Evan. Um, in the entire intro, one, thank you for too kind. Um, I thought we were going to roll up uh, the roulette wheel and you easily could have landed on things you hate or things you don't want back. And those could have both described me as well. Like, I mean, just for the listeners at home, we're just keeping it real. Oh, that is absolutely fake news. You can't get enough of Derek in your life. He is one of my favorite guests. And you know what? This is such a special episode for me personally because, well, for a couple of reasons, and I will lay them out thusly. Uh, we're going to talk Senior Bowl. I love that. I'm excited to talk Senior Bowl because I've been trying my best. I have been just holding myself back from diving into the prospects. I didn't want to get too excited. You know, you never want to, uh, you never want to, you know, finish too soon. Am I right? Uh, so I wanted to hold myself back here from talking prospects. I've tried my best. And to be fair, I kind of halfway cheated. All we've done is all we've really done since the season has ended is we've talked 2022 rookies, how they did. <laughs> so now we're diving into 2023 rookies. That is exciting for one thing. But even more than that, even even greater reasons for excitement is the Senior Bowl itself is the reason that I met this beautiful man who is, you know, sitting across from me on this computer screen. I know you can't see him. I myself have the joy of looking at this bearded brother from another mother, Derek Brown. So literally what happened, right, was this time last year, um, the Senior Bowl just happened. And I believe Derek mm -hmm. just put out like a tweet, something like, hey, just back from the Senior Bowl. Anybody wants to talk, hit me up or whatever. And I was like, slid into his DMs. Um, absolutely said, dude, what is up? Uh, just gave him a 30 second spiel about what I'm all about, what I was doing, asked him if he would be kind enough. He was generous enough with his time to come on the show, chat senior bowl. That was the first time we met. He's been on uh, another time since this is his third time, third time on the show. So I haven't scared him off yet. And yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. It was how the bromance began. And I'm excited to have him on once again, talking senior bowl and just talking football, man. Like how the heck are you, dude? Doing good, man. Um, this is a nice kind of uh, cleansing of the palate for me. Um, you know, writing the primer. We got 18 weeks of the regular season. Uh, all the the uh, is that a Rubik's cube glass? Yes. Oh my <laughs> god! Like I'm I'm in the midst of like a spiel, and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Um, so shout out to the Rubik's cube glass. Um, but yeah, man, this is a good pal palate cleansing time for me. Um, you know, you got regular season. I got the primer every week. 
and you get you, you get kind of stuck in your ways about how the week kind of goes and things like that so turning the page into prospect and dynasty season is always a joy to me um I, this is my second year in a row of going to the senior bowl it's still last year was a pinch me moment this year was still the same man i mean it still floors me to this day after doing this for about six, seven years and, and being full time in the space that like anybody gives about what I have to say about guys, um, as well as going to events like this, getting to interview players, um, really break down their games, watch them live and practice and stuff. And it's it's one of those things that like I still don't take for granted. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever take for granted. Um, so really feel blessed to be able to go and do that. And really, I mean, this is kind of the kickoff to uh, Dynasty startup season, rookie season, prospect season. I think Senior Bowl every single year between whether you want to talk about Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, those things are ringing the bell on rookie season. So I'm I'm glad to be here, man. Love chopping it up with you. Excited to talk about these rookies and kind of went went on in uh, Mobile. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And honestly, I mean, we are going to dive into it because we got a lot to get into. But I did want to just say again, I know I've told you before, but dude, so, so proud of you and your journey. It's been awesome when you came here. Uh, You weren't even with Fantasy Pros yet last year. You were with another, you know, another organization. Mm -hmm. And then literally, I think it was like a month after you came on the show, you were like (laughs) big announcement. Uh, I'm moving over to Fantasy Pros, which obviously is one of the biggest, you know, sporting, you know, providers really that we have in the space. So that's awesome. But even more than that, man, like I'm so proud of how you just held yourself and held your own and got out there. It was a new thing. I'm sure it was scary at times. And like you mentioned, you know taking over the primer dude that is like you know what i mean like it's it's so awesome man like it's it's really really cool it's so good to see you flourish in this space and just continue to blow people's minds blow people's expectations and uh yeah i'm just happy to say i knew you in and hopefully you won't forget about me when you're rich and famous and hanging and chopping it up with matthew berry or something on tv I'm stuck in in guy trying to be a dude mode like that's that's how i roll none of this is like it, again, it's all still confounding to me. I, I look at all of this is um, it continues to blow me away, man. Like it still hasn't sunk in and um, just a behind the scenes. Yeah, like that's one of the biggest things like going from first year at Senior Bowl to second year at Senior Bowl. Like I'm not going to lie. Like pfft, I, I was I had some butterflies in my stomach talk, talking to NFL players, interviewing guys last year getting to do that a second go around and hopefully for many years to come. Um, this year was a lot easier in doing that, uh, more comfort uh, doing that. And I think it was just a fantastic process, man. So yeah, I mean, with being with Fantasy Pros, amazing company, amazing people I get to work with on a daily basis. It felt like a hand in glove fit. So many people that I work with on a daily basis that I was already like really close, just Friends within the industry, from Joe to Andrew to Fitz, um, all of them. I, I I love all those guys. Had a great chemistry. So walking into Fantasy Pros was like, it honestly felt like I had been there for longer than just being the new guy. You know, it was just a really good feeling of comfort. And yeah, I mean, staying on the behind the scenes, man. It was. Um, I got so much love and respect for for tags that honestly, when they approached me about possibly taking over the primer, I told them no at the first time. Um, to be honest, um, I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of reservations about taking over that that weekly uh, article. Um, one, just hoping I was going to do it justice. Um, 
following us, somebody like Tags, who was just fantastic writer, awesome analyst, um, just building on, you know, I mean, he was a great person, man. And so I had a lot of reservations about even saying yes to that. Um, I did. They twisted my arm um, because I felt like it was a blessing to be able to to at least attempt to pick up the mantle and to keep that going. So I honestly look at that as it's a really humbling honor to be able to continue to do that article on a weekly basis. I will be doing it again next season moving forward. um, So I can share that as well. But yeah, man, it was definitely something I didn't say an automatic yes to when they first uh, threw that in my direction. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of what I was getting at even with what I was saying is just the idea of like, I mean, tags, you know, like you said, RIP, man, he, he's such, such a legend, you know, such a, an amazing guy and just such a genuine person and mm-hmm. had such an amazing impact on the community and his work was so top shelf as well. Um, I just can't even, yeah, you know, like you said, it's, it's mind blowing to think of the idea of being asked to take something up that was his baby. Well, you know, not to like interrupt you, Evan, but like, like- Behind the scenes too, Tag was, Tags was so influential in me not only getting started in the space, um, but staying in the space. Um, so just real quick, and I know we're going to dice up Ross, but we brought this up. So, I mean, I, you know, like I have no problems um, kind of opening the closet, you know, um, as it were. And when I first started writing, and this is for, for anybody out there that's thinking about getting into content creation or you doing it right now, and... There's a lot of ups and downs of this, man. You go through ebbs and flows on whether you're you're like, should I do this? Should I not? Like, I still feel imposter syndrome even to this day sometimes, man. You know, and I think getting into this space, like when I first got into it, I had followed Tag's work, um, him and Tabby, like from like way back before he was ever with PFF. They were doing their own thing, like with their own website. And when I first started trying to like write and I say trying to write, cause I had no clue what the hell I was doing. Like I'm not an English major or things like that. Like I was a guy that was, was growing up like high school, college. I could tell you, I've probably read like all these books behind me. That's because my wife loves to read um, for anybody. You know, they can't see this on the podcast, but there's a giant bookshelf that is filled to the brim. My wife is a reader. She loves to read. I am not. I've probably read two books in my life. Cover to cover was not an English major was not a writer coming up. So like all those different things getting into this space. I remember reaching out to tags when I first started doing it and I just asked him for his feedback and it's not something that he ever had to like, he didn't have to give me the time of day and I would not have thought him like, I wouldn't have said, Oh, this guy's whatever. If he would have just never DM me back from that DM, even to the point where I got my first full-time offer tags helped me along the way. He sent me, a massive mountain of feedback um, through that first DM about like he took the time to read what I wrote and really didn't just give you because come on, Evan, like, you know, as well as I do, man, you, you reach out to people for feedback, whether that's family, whether that's people in the industry and nine times out of 10, the first thing is, Oh, that's good. That's yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And people won't give you the real. And like, unless you're given real feedback about what you do, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether like, You need that. Like, I need that even still today. Like, I ask and yearn for that. And that's how you grow. That's how you improve. That's how you find out, like, how do I do this? Or can I do this? Or what do I need to change about this? Like, if you don't get that type of stuff, how do you know? You don't. You really don't. And Tags never had to give that. He never had to take that time out of his day 
to do that for me. He was one of the first freaking people that I reached out to when I got a full-time offer. And I was considering even like before doing all this, like I know this isn't like an interview pod and I know I'm kind of getting off, off track here, but like I was a nurse previously for 13 years full-time. And so going into this space, I had questions, I had reservations, I had queries about like, you know, what is this like on the day to day and tags? We talked for a long time whenever I was even considering even accepting a full-time offer from a company and changing my career, changing my life um, as a guy that was in my mid thirties at the time at three kids and a wife. And I was just like, I, you know, like these are not small decisions you make in life and I'll never be able to repay that type of kindness ever. And I, I can't say thank you enough. So there's a lot that went into not only going to fantasy pros, but, but the primer and everything. Wow. That's amazing, man. Like, no, I mean, seriously, thank you for, thank you for sharing that story because it is, it's beautiful and it's life, you know, it's real and that's just amazing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's incredible. I, I didn't even know all those details of it. I just thought, wow, that's as, uh, I knew it was. It's not something you take to social media and you're like, you know, just like all these things in the process and talking about it. You know what I mean? Like. There are things that happen in life that not everything has to go on social media, but like in, in instances like this, like it, it, it deserves being brought up. Yeah, no, it's, it's huge, man. And that's so, it is so beautiful that, you know, you're getting to carry on that legacy where something that mattered a lot to him, something he poured his life into that he really enjoyed and somebody he really obviously mentored at some level, you know, somebody he had a connection yep. with. Um, it's just beautiful. It's very, I would call it serendipitous um, to throw out a big word. Um, I, I think it's very much a beautiful story and I really appreciate you you opening up and sharing that. And it's really encouraging as well, you know, as somebody who you know, this is something that I work really hard on and, and I get up in the middle of the night to record with people and I spend hours and hours a week doing stuff. And you sort of think, you know, Hey, it'd be awesome to get a chance to do that someday and, you know, take that next step. But then you do get discouraged. It's amazing to hear those encouraging stories and the, the people that, you know, and you are paying it forward. You know what I mean? Which is awesome because one of the things, um, I know I'm not the biggest podcast or the biggest podcast host in the world or whatever, but I genuinely try my best to stick to my morals and my convictions and, and what I really believe. And I don't actually invite people on my show if I don't respect them and, and enjoy them and think that they actually bring value. And, um, as well as that, like, yeah, like you said, I've been rejected plenty of times. I've had people just not answer DMs and not get back to you and things like Same. that. And it happens. And you've been honestly so humble and so genuine and just so nice and things like that. And I really appreciate that about you. And I think that's a really, you know, one of the reasons why you've continued to grow in the industry is because you've got a good head on your shoulders. You don't take it for granted. You're not sort of like thinking you're God's gift, you know, but at the same time, you have good stuff to say. You have interesting, entertaining things to say. So absolutely love that. This is what the show is all about is just being real, enjoying a passion that we have. We are going to dive in because I know Derek is a super busy dude, even though he is a fellow Brown, fellow Brown. We're going to have to dive <laughs> in here because we could be talking all night and uh, he has other places. Oh, we can go three hours, Evan. We can go easy three hours, <laughs> not even, you know, not even have a beat of sweat. Probably. Exactly. Not even start talking about the senior bowl yet. We're going to dive in here and talk about some of these players and some of this uh, content that we enjoyed. The main event. Fight. So you mentioned there, this is your second year. So you're feeling a little bit more comfortable. I'm sure it was still a bit nerve wracking. Some of the people um, was going to just start out with, before <laughs> we dive straight into the actual players and everything, I just wanted to get a little bit of vibe check from you. Like, what was it like this time versus last time? What were some of the highs and lows for you? Just going there again. Did it feel 
were you feeling more confident in yourself and in what you were looking for? Did it still feel like what the heck's going on? What was your general vibe? <laughs> I think there was a there was a second year level of comfort that wasn't there in the first year. And a lot of that was I think some of it was just knowing what to expect in the process, like how the week laid out the the schedule that they have for the senior bowl when you can um, get the chance to talk to players, interview players, how that kind of process looks like, um, as well as just honestly, it, it was it was a good process at Senior Bowl itself too. Like between the practices, we had a great spot downtown um, that we were staying at an Airbnb. So the convenience versus like last year, we were like we had a spot that was in between that and the stadium, and it's kind of like it's not good. You know, you were constantly commuting back and forth and things like that. This year, that was not the case. We went to practice. We came back. We were a walking distance uh, to everything downtown. And it basically a mobile after senior ball practices. It's nothing but like there's content time. There's hangout time. You get to go like rub elbows, talk to a bunch of like catch up with guys around the industry. Um, other girls are like, you know, like whether it was a content creator is you just like you get to go catch up with people you know or get to meet people, whether it's in the NFL industry, scouts, um, coaches, what have you, and other people that just create content. So it was a much more relaxing process this time, both from um, how we built our schedule for this week, knowing what to expect, more, I'm not going to say extreme comfort, but more comfort in interviewing players and things like that, you know? So it was just an awesome experience. Just to give a little quick bit of an overview, if if you're newer to Dynasty uh, or maybe just newer to this whole of the off season, maybe you know you're like, what is this all about? There's the saying, the draft starts in Mobile. You know, the draft starts at the Senior Bowl. It's an all star event for you guessed it, seniors that are coming out. They're getting ready to go to the NFL, and it's a whole week long of practices, one on one drills, lots of exciting things. You get a chance to see these guys in person. Some guys maybe from smaller schools that you get to see up close and personal against better competition. So a la Christian Watson last year. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get to really start to like, you know, and these are real NFL coaches from real NFL coaching staffs that are coming down, putting these guys through their paces. I mean, they're going to draft some of these dudes. So it's a real thing. It's not just showy and fluffy and a nice feel good moment. This is a real deal where people are making some real money for themselves when they show up and show out. So it's an awesome experience. I'm sure I love to hear about it. What about, so before, again, before we dive in, I had a couple of things I wanted to know. I heard, for example, I heard a really fun story. I heard that, um, you know, Mike Tomlin was there all week and I heard that he was down in the trenches, like getting dirty, mm -hmm. like just telling people what to do and helping almost run the drills. And then people are like, dude, you're not even here. Like, what are you doing? Like, he loves it. You know, he's just absolutely all about it. So do you have any sort of quick stories you can share about something, somebody like that or somebody that you ran into or a coach or somebody that you had an interaction with that you're just like, dude, this is a pinch me moment. Um, there was a few times, um, I, I, I met, um, Clay Harbor for the first time. He's, uh, now in media as a former, uh, NFL tight end. I think he had eight years in the league. Super amazingly nice guy. Um, got to meet him. I'm going to try to pull him onto the podcast here in the near future, but listening to him, a breakdown and talk about tight ends was an awesome, awesome moment. Got to talk with uh, a few of the coaches, uh, from the national team, um, here's some behind the scenes, uh, stories shared, uh, it, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Vegas. What happens at mobile stays in mobile. So I won't kiss and tell, but some interesting, um, 
stories shared uh, from NFL locker rooms about players, coaches, all that kind of good stuff, as well as, I mean, to be honest, man, I I thought it was a great moment to be able to see um, just, it's funny where you you get to meet um, NFL personnel and these, these different people in real life and stuff. And you get kind of a sense of like, well, here's your, your media persona. What kind of person are you in real life? Um, if you go look at the Thor, uh, the timeline for Thor Nystrom, uh, one of my beautiful colleagues at fantasy pros, we, um, coming on the show soon. Yes. Um, he happened. We, so we walked out of a restaurant. Uh, I think it was his day after day two. Or, uh, yeah. Day two. And we were leaving a restaurant, having dinner with some, some folks from around the industry. And we happened to just fall in line right behind Quasi, uh, the GM for the Minnesota Vikings and his entourage. My king. So we were walking. Yes. And so we're walking down the street. We're heading to Veets. We're, we're checking out bars. Quasi walks by and he, he walks by one of the, the, there's like two, three, four big bars where everybody kind of like culminates at the end of the day, you know, the watering holes, just talk about life, what have you. And one of those was, uh, I think it's Haberdashers, um, is the name of the place. He walks by and he's got a small entourage with him. They talk to the doorman. The doorman's like, look, we're at max capacity. We're going to take anybody else. And Quasi just shook his hand kept on booking it down down the sidewalk and i was like okay like okay like i I, he's a bigger man than i am i might would have like pulled the card of like do you know who i am what do you mean there's a full capacity like come on dude and it was just one of those moments where you kind of see the small like inkling of character of a person and so I'll be a big fan of his and the Minnesota Vikings and the moves he makes and stuff, you know, like my, my, my fandom does not just extend through uh, players, coaches and stuff like that. Seeing something like that really, really just a small thing and wouldn't even be a thing that'd be a blip on the radar for a lot of people. I was like, okay, cool. Like you didn't pull the jerk card. You didn't pull the, I'm one of only 32 human beings with a heartbeat that does the job that I do or anything like that. He just like just calmly just shook the person's hand, kept on booking it and said, you know what? Yeah, it's all good. And so little things like that um, outside of other uh, non kiss and tell moments uh, was cool. That's awesome, man. I mean, obviously I love that as a Vikings fan. Great to hear. Uh, but it's really interesting. I'm actually going to use that to transition into another question that I had, because one of the things we always hear about in the off season is the quote unquote character issues. And it's like, that can mean whatever you want it to mean, I suppose, really. And you know, I, I think there's a lot of negative connotations. There's a lot of like kind of ridiculousness that goes along with it. But at the same time, on the flip side, um, I've heard some really interesting stories from like scouts and from different people just talking about when you see um, that, that you know, for the these players, this is like a job interview. It's like a week long job interview. Oh, and it's about absolutely. how you show up to the practices, how you listen to the coaches, mm-hmm. how you talk and interact with the media. Um, and I was just curious, like, did you really feel like when you were down there, did you see some players that you were like dude this guy gets it and he's switched on and then other players that you were like he's not taking it serious i mean we saw the whole stetson bennett thing you know like he's like i'm not going to go to the senior bowl i'm going to focus and then he's like getting arrested so that's an extreme example but did you see that when you were there were you were there certain guys that you were like dude this guy's going to make it just he just he has the head for this he knows where he's you know he knows what he's doing yeah i think that um and this is not just trying to be prisoner of the moment and talk about you know 
definite winners or players that got buzzed down there. I think uh, Tajay Spears was somebody that really opened my eyes. And, you, you know, we, we're going to talk about the on-field stuff and things like that. But other parts of how he approaches things, like from Thor interviewing him at the media breakfast that uh, during the week and him saying, one, that he was 204 pounds and two, that he played at the bowl game at like 197, but he bulked up to this. To me, one, hearing that, because it, it is rare, you know, Evan, it's rare when we get running backs in particular, the guys that are on that fringy 190 range and we're like, please, please win above 200, please. And nine times out of 10, that does not happen. You know, so like we cross everything we have, fingers, toes and everything else, and it doesn't happen. And he's one of the rare guys that did it. And for Tajay Spears, I, it, it seemed a lot of like, okay, he gets it. Like, he gets it moments. One, taking it seriously, bulking up between bowl season and the weigh-in at Senior Bowl. Two, the progress that you saw in certain drills from him throughout the week. As a guy that on day one, um, you saw the tenacity and pass protection, like one-on-one -on -one drills, but the results really weren't there. And the growth from that to date two, where you could tell he took a few things from whether it was coaching and stuff, um, and he performed better. Um, day one, early part of day two, you could see reps where he was blown out of his cleats. You were like, oh, okay, yeah, he, he looks like a tiny running back that just got blown the hell up. And then towards the end of day two, you saw his anchor better. You saw the same tenacity, but he was getting after rushers and keeping them away from where the quarterback would have been in the pocket, holding his own. And so that type of growth throughout the week is, is something that you, you want to see and you want to see players stack good practices back to back to back guys that started off rough, maybe rebound throughout the week and show some of the promise that maybe you saw on film and stuff. And so I thought it was really good to see Tajay Spears show that type of growth. I'll shout out one of my guys, and we're going to talk about him a ton because I, I freaking love the kid. Evan Hall, I thought, had a fantastic week. He interviewed amazingly, um, just super charismatic, awesome in interviews, was great on the field. Um, I can easily point to Michael Wilson as well, Xavier Hutchinson. Just had a calm about them when they were answering questions and a reel about them that, like, you don't see all the time from guys answering questions to like whether it's the media and not just like your usual kind of interview answers, but giving you real substance to certain answers and just their understanding of where their game is at and what they can bring to the table. Love it. Love it. Right. You've, you've got me all hot and bothered here. I can't hold <laughs> off any longer. We're going to have to dive into some actual names here That's because dope. I need to know, I need to know. I wasn't able to be there. I need, I got to, Got to get the goods, the inside information from someone that I trust. And uh, so what I think we'll do, right? Like, Because I was thinking about this. I mean, there's so many players we mm -hmm. can talk all day. We've got a limited amount of time. I've broken it down into some some key names maybe from the national team and then from the American team. I'm going to throw out some names maybe and then you just pick out a couple that you're like really wanting to talk about. Either it can be good or bad. It can be like this guy blew me away or this guy met my expectations or 
this guy really disappointed me. I was excited and unfortunately I'm not as excited. So I'm going to start with the wide receivers here on the national team. So what I'll do is I'll give you one name. You just give me like your two minute yep. feels and thoughts after the week. So we've got Ronnie Bell, Michigan. Disappointing week. I did not have um, a lot of high expectations for Ronnie coming in. Um, he looks like a guy that's going to need to play the slot in the NFL, which is what he did at Michigan, but not a consistent separator. And honestly, he, he couldn't hold on to a ball to save his life throughout the week. I mean, a lot of drops, a lot of spots were because he doesn't separate well, uh, contested situations and spots where you're like, mm, I mean, for a guy that doesn't separate well, you're hoping, okay, do you have a strong set of mitts? Can you hold, you know, can you come down with these contested situations? And you didn't see that from Ronnie Bell. So he's a guy that I wasn't high on coming into the week, but I think that he, if anything, he hurt his stock some because he definitely did not stand out. Okay. And then what I'll do is like, right as we put a bow on each player, then obviously very early in the process, all this is subject to change. But right now, as it stands, would you imagine yourself even taking a flyer on this guy? Like after what you've nope. seen, are you even taking him in the fourth round nope. of a rookie draft? Um, I think that he's probably going to go probably like round five of the NFL draft. Okay, fair enough. Now, next guy up, hopefully some more positive news on this guy, Jaden Reed, Michigan State. He had a fantastic week. And honestly, Jaden Reed showed a lot more than I picked up on him on film. Like when I was writing him up for my senior ball primer, um, he's not a guy that jumped off the page for him for a, like whether you're looking at stats or you're looking at the film, some of his deeper metrics, like he's got a 72nd percentile college dominator, 98th percentile breakout age, things that, you know, us nerds that, that follow the dynasty and stuff like that, we love to see. But as far as the rest of his stuff, like he offers, uh, offers some special team versatility, returned punts and kicks. And so I think that that's going to allow him to stick on an NFL roster immediately just having that type of versatility, special teams ability. Um, but really a guy that I thought helped his stock throughout the week. You know, I saw from Jade Reed and writing him up for the senior bowl prior to looked like a guy, solid yak ability, good speed. I saw him as probably being like a field stretching type. And what I saw out of him at senior bowl, more nuance to his routes, more of the ability to get open in the middle, uh, in the short and intermediate ranges of the field, um, so really a guy that I thought brought more to the table as far as from a route running perspective than I gave him credit walking into the week uh, before senior bowl. And again, if you had to do a rookie draft today without knowing anything else other than what you know already and what you saw at senior bowl, would, is this a guy you would be thinking of taking in a sort of four round rookie draft? Would you be yep. thinking he's a second I, or a I, third round pick? I, I would, I would, I would not mind taking a shot on Jaden Reed. Like I expect him to probably have a pretty good combine. Um, I think he could possibly sneak into like early day three. Um, so that gives him better viability. Probably like if he can get round four draft capital, I think it's worth taking a shot, especially if he tests well. Um, I would have no problems taking like, a, you know, a, depending on league size where I guess. Yeah, normal just, 12 team league, 12 team, four round. I, I wouldn't ta mind taking a shot on him in like the fourth round of a dynasty rookie draft because I he's not going to go higher than that. Like, I don't think he's going to like, unless you're just like a Michigan State truther, he's probably not going to be a guy that's going to sneak into like the third round unless he somehow like bucks the trend and he goes, gets drafted in the third round. But where I'm projecting him at in the probably in round four, late round four of the NFL draft. Um, I have no issues taking a round four flyer on him. So he's, so he's a Burt Reynolds then he's a nice stash. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. He's a nice stash. Now, somebody that I did, I think I heard some really positive buzz on, so you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Michael Wilson out of Stanford. Michael Wilson had the type of week, uh, if you were a Rasheed Rice uh, believer, or are still, um, Michael Wilson had the type of week you were hoping Rasheed Rice had. Michael Wilson is a guy that was just plagued by injuries um, throughout his entire collegiate career. If you dive into some of the like the deeper numbers uh, for Michael Wilson, so like over the last two seasons, over his last 11 collegiate games, he did manage to get four singular games with 2.2 or higher yards per outrun. So small flashes of the talent just on paper there. But with Michael Wilson, from interviews to on-field production, had a fantastic week at Senior Bowl. I think he made himself a lot of money. I think that he is going to... As a guy that you're probably were looking, if he didn't have the Senior Bowl and we were just looking at Combine Pro Days uh, as the only things for him to help himself, I think you were looking at Michael Wilson probably be like a round five, round six guy, um, assuming that he tests well. Not amazing, but well. Um, and still, as a guy that you put in the momentum that he has coming out of Senior Bowl, he arguably had the best Senior Bowl game out of any wide receiver there. And you you marry that with what he did in interviews, and he was a fantastic interview. Extremely charismatic, very cognizant of what he can bring to the table for NFL teams, as well as some of the things that he still has to work on to continue to um, improve as a wide receiver. That I thought he he honestly, if he tests well, I won't be surprised if he goes in round four, if he gets early day three capital at, for Michael Wilson. So just a really fantastic uh, week for him. I would not have a problem if he does get like back end of round three, early round four capital, taking him in the back end of a round three of a dynasty rookie draft for a guy that, you know, I was not able to find a lot of film and I'm not somebody that just like, I'm going to pull up some of the guys highlights. You know, they could be playing like freaking Akron or some D two school and blowing past dudes that are probably going to be working at, you know, the drive through at Wendy's in a few years. You know, so that doesn't tell you anything. But seeing Michael Wilson on the field, my comp for him right now is Gabe Davis. I think he gets similar draft capital. I think that he showed the ability to win in all three levels of the field, but especially as a downfield threat. Love what he showed as far as like being able to stack corners and the the subtleties and nuances to his routes to be able to get on get open deep. So yeah, like Michael Wilson a lot. Excellent. So we've got ourselves another Burt Reynolds here. Great stash. Um, write that name down. You want to remember that. So what about Puka Nakua from BYU? Any good things to say or not much? Man, I love Puka Nakua. Uh, I loved him walking into the process. I think Puka Nakua is the only reason Jaron Hall should thank the lucky stars that he got an invite to the senior bowl. Uh, Puka Nakua the thing about Puka Nakua, and it's going to go under the radar for a lot of people out in the media, and you're not going to hear a ton of buzz about him because he left after day one. You know, they said it was an injury. I don't, I, there was buzz around uh, Mobile. I don't know if there ever came out like there was a definitive, like he left with an injury. There was some scuttlebutt about him having a foot injury. The way that I look at Puka Nakua is that he got one day there. His draft stock is probably good, and his agent is saying, look, dude, you did enough. You're good. Let's not let's not push it. Peace out. And we didn't see Puka after day one, but Puka showed exactly what I thought he needed to show there, which was the ability to to sink his hips, to gear down, curls, comebacks, um, some of that late separation in his routes. Because Puka was a guy I was really high on coming into the senior bowl week because 
you're just looking at the top-down approach. Like, his stats are fantastic. We're looking at a wide receiver the last two seasons at BYU amongst all FBS wide receivers, and we're talking about sample sizes of 286, 251 wide receivers over those singular seasons, who was second in yards per route run, sixth in yards per route run over those final two seasons, and second and 30th in PFF receiving grade. So just from an on-paper standpoint, checking boxes already, you turn on the film, and the dude, my comfort Puka Nakua was Dollar Store Devo Samuel. He is tough through his routes. He was used in the running game at BYU, 39 carries, 9.2 yards per carry, and five scores over his collegiate career. Uh, you saw body control at the the boundaries. We saw that in practices in day one. And a guy who has a really, really strong set of hands. I mean, he was 17th in contested catch rate uh, on twenty in 2021 amongst all wide receivers, at least 10 contested targets. So I was extremely high on him coming into the week. I mean, I'm just as high on him walking out of the week. I think that if he has a good combine, I will not be surprised if he's this year's Alec Pierce. That's the way that I look at it because Alec Pierce left Senior Bowl last year early due to an injury. I saw Alec Pierce leaving Mobile uh, at the airport. He was not limping. Did not have a boot on. I didn't see any reasons why he would have, unless it was a small injury. His feelings, his feelings uh, that were injured. He have been leaving. But Alec Pierce went. I mean, dude, he he went in the second round of the NFL draft. Looking back on it, you're like, okay, that's just a lot of maybe his agent saying, look, you've done enough. Your draft stock is good. Peace. And that's the way I kind of look at Puka Nakua right now. I love his game. Um, he didn't need to show a ton to me at Senior Bowl. Um, he did not face plant. So I won't be surprised if he's one of these guys that goes in the second round of the NFL draft and we're like, oh, and he's a late riser through the process. So love him a ton. Okay, so we've got Puka Nakua. We get Derek, yep. Derek Brown's seal of approval on Puka Nakua. And then lastly, there was Trey Palmer. I think you said kind of a disappointing, just meh sort of a week. Didn't do anything. He kicked it down the fairway. I mean, really, Trey Palmer's a guy that I think like he's going to have to test out the gym to really help himself and at his pro day um, have a solid day. Um, he's a guy that uh, a former five-star prospect. I think that that's going to help him more in this process than anything he did at Senior Bowl. Okay, so to wrap up the national team there, so the wide receivers was the biggest group. I've got one tight end and a couple running backs I just want to throw out there and get your takes on. The tight end is Payne Durham. I feel like from what I heard, he kind of came on later in the week, um, had some flashes. I want to hear your take on that. And then the running backs that I was most curious about was Chase Brown out of Illinois, uh, Rashawn Johnson, Texas, and then my boy, our boy, Evan Hull. So uh, let's start with Payne Durham. What are your thoughts? Were you impressed with Payne Durham or are you still juries out? I wasn't impressed with really any of the tight ends at senior bowl. Um, I know everybody's got, they're all up in their fields about Luke Musgrave and how fast he can run. The dude dropped a ton of targets um, throughout the week. I think there's a lot of solid guys that can end up carving out like long productive NFL careers as like tight end two, tight end threes on NFL depth charts. And I think that you're looking at Payne Durham as probably he falls into that bucket um, from a stat uh, perspective, not really checking a lot of boxes. I mean, 68th and 33rd in yards per route run amongst all tight ends with 20 or more targets over the last two final seasons of college. Um, he is a really good blocker. Uh, you saw that in one-on-ones. You saw that on his film, both in line and as a lead blocker as a receiving threat. And for our purposes in fantasy, 
He's just a guy. Um, you saw and he got more praise on day three and why this bubble to the top was because that's the day they did red zone drills. So Payne Durham was good in the red zone. You saw him use his body, uh, use his size, boxing out guys in the red zone, caught well, I think it was one or two different touchdowns in the red zone. But really outside of that, he had a ho-hum kind of quiet week. So I don't think that he did anything to hurt his stock. Um, but a guy that I think is probably going to be a day three guy as far as NFL draft stock and somebody that I, I'm to me with. And, and a lot of this comes down to and it's it's the tight end itself. The tight end position itself at, at senior bowl is kind of a black box thing for me. It's because the way that I approach tight ends in dynasty and in fantasy is like a, a good bit of that is athletic testing because you have to be a hyper athlete. You have to meet certain things uh, whether within the testing department. To really, if we're looking at just benchmarks to be even possibly a good fantasy producer over multiple seasons, even just one, you have to run under a 4-8. You can name on one hand the guys over the last 10 to 15 years that have been good tight ends in fantasy that have run over a 4-8. It's basically if Isaiah Likely turns out to be a thing and Kyle Rudolph. That's about it. So um, Payne Durham is a guy that I think like is going to have a much, much better NFL career than he ever will be for fantasy. Fair enough. That that makes sense. That kind of is what my vibe had been on him, but I had heard a little bit of buzz. So I did think it was worth getting your take on it. Now, running backs, there's only three guys I really wanted to talk about on the national team. One guy who I feel like nobody really likes, but I do like kind of is Chase Brown. Um, I don't think he had a great senior bowl from what I heard, but I'm curious on what your thoughts were on him, uh, seeing him there like up close and personal. I was lower on Chase Brown coming into the week. Um, and I, I walk out of it with really similar thoughts, man. He had a terrible week at senior bowl and I'm not trying to throw salt and shade at the kid. Um, got to interview him. Super awesome guy. And he talked a lot about, um, and I think that some of this is just he knows where his shortcomings are. And you saw it, unfortunately, play out through Senior Bowl. Uh, and that all comes down to the passing game. Chase Brown was a matador in pass protection. It was really bad. Like, I didn't see him win one rep. And when he was deployed in the passing game on one-on-ones, one of the big reasons why I was on the show last year and I was sitting here pounding the table and telling, like, look, Damian Pierce is that dude, is because he put guys on skates. Like, he was fantastic in one-on-ones the entire week in pat and running routes versus linebackers and that was not the case for chase brown um he had guys in his back pocket a lot of those were contested situations or linebackers just batting the ball away when it was thrown to him so really didn't show any kind of pass game utility and that's something you need um in a lot of different instances in fantasy to really hit a ceiling or even a high floor okay yeah no that's that is fair i think one of the things that i noticed when i was watching his tape was it felt like he was either a big play or a loss do you know what i mean like it was like he would break off this 20 yard play and then the next three plays would be like him losing two yards you know what i mean like and that that comes down to the fact that he's just not a guy that can create a ton on his own you know like as far as tackle breaking and things like that like Chase Brown is not a bad running back when you get him into space and he can use his vision, can use, you know, his speed and stuff like that to um, to really to rip off runs. But is he a guy that that if somebody breaks through for the backfield and like, you know, you have he's forced to basically make somebody miss uh, in the backfield, break a tackle early before he's built up ahead of steam. Is he that guy? No. And his numbers reflect that, though, like like Evan, like. Last year in 2022, he was 90 uh, amongst all guys with at least 100 carries. He was 108th in yards after contact per attempt. 
He was 95th in breakaway run rate and 87th in PFF elusive rating. So just on paper, not even look turning on the film, he's not checking boxes there. And, and I think that you see that come through. Like you're talking about the Jekyll and Hyde nature of his carries. It comes down to, is he getting what's blocked? Is there a seam? Is there a cutback lane that he can exploit with his speed? And if that's not there, it's probably like a two-yard run, three-yard run for Chase Brown. Fair enough. So he is stalks down for us. What about Rashawn Johnson? Obviously, Bijan gets all the love and all the hype you know, coming out of Texas, and rightfully mm-hmm. so. But am I right in saying, I've, I think I heard Rashawn got injured. I don't know if he got genuinely injured. or he did. It was more of- He broke his hand. Uh, he broke okay. a bone in his hand after day oh. one. Now, the, the sad thing for Roshan Johnson is he had a good, a very good day one. He looked like a beast uh, in pass protection. He looked uh, had a lot of juice on runs in practice. I thought he held up well, showed some pass game utility in one-on-ones. I was looking at Roshan Johnson as having uh, – he, he had a really strong start to the week in Senior Bowl, so it was really kind of sad to see that, like, he wasn't able to build upon that and really get some buzz behind his name for a guy that was already stuck behind Bijan at Texas. You know, you see the ability or at least the the potential in some of the stats. Like he was third in PFF elusive rating in 2022. He had 4.06 or higher yards after contact per attempt in each of his final three seasons at Texas. So there is things to like about his game. And if anything in the process that he didn't get the buzz at Senior Bowl week, that probably if he continued to stack these good days, one versus two versus three throughout the week and build up that type of buzz, he's a guy that I think like Dynasty gamers were going to talk about as that type of like second tier running back. Okay, if I'm not, if I don't have a pick in the 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 first round, the, the top of the middle of the second, can I trade into the back end of the second round and, and grab somebody like Roshan Johnson? He might end end up being, because of that, a better value in Dynasty rookie drafts that people really need to kind of hone in on if he gets, say, even day three capital, like round four and above in the NFL draft, which I think is possible, man. Like, he has talent, and what he showed out, if he could do that in his pro day and he tests well, I won't put it past him that he can get drafted in round four of the NFL draft and be a really good value in Dynasty rookie draft. Nice one. Yes, that is kind of what I was thinking. He could almost be like this year's Damian Pierce a little bit, couldn't he? Like, you know, getting him in that like mid to late second round when it's all said and done, people are going to think, oh, wow, that was a steal. It could be. Um, Now. Mm -hmm. Before we move on to the American team, obviously we'll have to battle through that pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about, I said I kind of liked Chase Brown. I think that was against like versus consensus. Like I like him a little bit, whereas everyone seems to hate him. This guy, this guy, I really like. I am a big Evan Hall fan. Derek is a big Evan Hall <laughs> fan. Derek, let us let, let us wax lyrical about Evan Hall. What, do you, what, what, what stood out to you? What do you love? What do you think? And how high is his ceiling for you in like a dynasty rookie draft? I think that he could be a workhorse. Um, in the NFL, I really do. Um, I think he is a dog. He is. He absolutely is. Uh, I already kind of see and feel that I'm going to be out on a, probably, uh, a limb on Evan Hull and people are going to get tired of me talking about him until he tested the combine. And once he does that, then people are going to be on the gravy train. Me and you baby. I'm telling you, man, I, I, I really like Evan Hull. Um, I liked him coming into the process, uh, after watching him and writing him up for, a senior bowl primer. And one of the things that I really want to quickly bring up about Evan Hull's skill set, and then we can dive and dive into it a little bit more is that when you hear the top tier guys in this class and people 
talk about pass game utility, and we talked about Chase Brown struggling in this, Evan Hall is not going to get brought up in the same breath as Jameer Gibbs and Kenny McIntosh, and he should. Evan Hall quietly led all FBS running backs in receiving yards last year. And you don't hear anybody out streets outside of me tweeting it, touting that he was also seventh in yards per route run. He held up well in pass protection. He got loose in one-on-ones. He showed the same type of footwork that I fell in love with on film in the pass game and in his runs. And you saw it translate to the game. He led all running backs in rushing yards. He busted off two runs of 15 or more yards in the freaking game. And really what it comes down to Evan Hall He's the total package, dude. Like, he's got the size to be a workhorse. He's got the pass game ability to be a three-down guy. Yes, his tackle-breaking metrics were not good in 2022. Northwestern's offensive line outside of Skaronsky for the last two years has been total dog water. So you're looking at a guy that had to create on his own from the word go, and he can do that. So really the big knock amongst a lot of people in the media community and, and just the buzz around Senior Bowl was, well, Evan Hall's probably going to run a 4-6. He doesn't look like he's fast enough. And I'm like, are we watching the same dude on film? Are, are we? Because I don't think we are. Like a 4-6 guy is usually a one-speed runner to me. Maybe he has a slight second gear, but usually not. And he sure as hell isn't a home run threat. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Evan Hall is going to be a home run threat at the next level. Can he break off chunk runs? Can he get 15? Can he get 20? You bet he can. And for a guy that his footwork is, is a treat to watch on film. He has good vision. He has good lateral agility. He breaks tackles and his contact balance is really good. You see him separate for from guys in the second level he does have a second gear to him to where you see it after the after the catch and when he gets into the second level he can put a little bit of distance between him and corners and linebackers and to me that's not a four six guy that's a four five guy when i interviewed him at media breakfast he said that he is going to run a four four now whether you believe that or not I'm going to sit here and tell you by talking to the man face to face, there was no hesitation. There was no smirk. I think that he has a chance to do that because why do you claim that if you don't? And in, in some of the other, like the mutterings around mobile, there were stuff like people were talking about. He's already been timed as at a four, four, six. And so whether we see that at the combine or not, we still have to find out and we're going to see it happen or we won't. I think he's going to run in the four fives. I think his short area agility is going to test well. I think he's going to be a pro riser in this entire process. I think also if Evan Hall would have gone to an SEC school, people would be talking about it, talking about him in a different light. I don't think that he gets up to round two, but I think that he can get up to the round three of the NFL draft. And he is a guy that I'm going to have one massive ton of exposure in dynasty rookie drafts to. I freaking love the kid. Absolutely 
love, love, love that. Yeah, I did a whole thread about him on Twitter because I was watching his film and I was just like, why, why am I am I taking crazy pills? I felt like I was Will Ferrell from from uh, Zoolander there. Like, am I taking crazy pills? Like literally nobody is talking about Evan Hull. Nobody talks about him. And I was like, well, hold on a second. Like we've like you've already mentioned multiple times in the show, one of the biggest problems is we fall in love with these, you know, guys that are fat, you know, flashy and fast and exciting, but they're like 180, 185. They can't hold up in the NFL. He has the build to hold up and he has the pass catching chops dude he's ever been a comp compact and dense like the dude is built well and that's one of the things he's a former him. wrestler yep. he was a wrestler uh former, for a long former time track star in high that. school too so i guess he must be slow right exactly i i really i get it man like i'm all about that life i uh i'm definitely got an evan hole crush for sure so i agree with you 100 look i know we're running out of time here so i'm going to rush through this american team because we've still got some studs good, here man. to talk about Let's i want to get your them. take on these wide receivers. So guys, um, I'm just going to go name by name like we did last yep. time. So first up, Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State. What did you think? <laughs> Man, I, I like Xavier Hutchinson probably more than the field right now. I think that he had a good, not a fantastic week at Senior Bowl. I think some of the parts of his game, uh, whether it's separating on the outside uh, consistently, you saw maybe some hiccups there. But honestly, he's also a guy that I, I look at his game and the way that I feel watching his tape and looking at his numbers, I think I, I feel the same way about him as I do Amon Ra Sam Brown when he came out. And that's who I comped him to. I, I said he's a discount Amon Ra. And you look at what he did in 2022, 24th in yards per route run, fourth in receiving grade, 25th in yak. He's a bully with the ball in his hands, man. Two of the last three seasons of in, in college, he was top 40 in missed tackles forced in 2021. He was ninth, actually. And I think that he's a guy that's going to translate and play probably 60% slot, 40% on the outside uh, at the NFL level. And I really love his game, dude. Like, he has got, like, we've played the clip a few times. We're going to, we might as well roll it back. He's got the dog in him, Evan. He absolutely does. Man, he is a dog. He does. He has that in him. You saw it uh, in, especially later in the week when he was running uh, short and intermediary routes, red zone drills. There's a clip out on Twitter right now where uses upper body strength, ran, ran a whip route, got open, turn, changed directions at a 180 on a corner and got open in the end zone for a touchdown. I think that he is a guy that honestly could get overlooked and, him and Puka Nakua are one of the reasons where I see these early takes, and I'm not going to tell you I've made it through every prospect in the wide receiver room right now. I just finished watching JSN, just wrote him up. I'm on Jordan Addison, going back through the top-down guys for this class. People are like, yeah, the wide receivers in this class are not that good. Blah, 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 blah. And really, after everybody talking about how 2023 picked gold after years and just prioritizing this class, and now it's like, it's crap. Um, I'm going to push back against that, man. Like, I think that there is depth in this class. Like, you're looking at guys like Xavier Hutchinson, who I think can come out of the woodwork and be a really good pro and really good for us in fantasy. Puka Nakua is another guy. Um, I, I'm liking some of the, the deeper parts of this class or guys that maybe are not getting the buzz at this early juncture as being guys that, like, they might be pretty good for us in fantasy. I'm going to push back against that narrative in the early going. I like it. Uh, okay. So what about Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss? Now, are we talking, is this more AJ Brown or Dontario Drummond that we're looking at here? Drummond. 
Um, I was not a Mingo guy. I'm still not a Mingo guy. Some of my problems with Jonathan Mingo's game walking into the week was he looked stiff um, on routes, trying to gear down, trying to separate. He was not a consistent separator on film. Um, you saw uh, one of the the hallmarks to his game is that, yeah, like he's got a good set of hands. He, he can come down with a contested catch, but you're not going to see Jonathan Mingo like dusting corners, leaving them in the dust, things like that. I look at him as a guy that I think that he can be a solid depth wide receiver for an NFL franchise. Um, a good guy that when he's called upon to sit here and do certain things, um, that he does have some utility to his game because even at Ole Miss, I mean, 18.4% of his uh, target volume in 2022 was on screens. He was 11th in yak per reception. And this is a, amongst all guys with 15 or more screen targets. So you do see that type of after the catch ability. The problem is, is that I don't think that he has a speed to do a ton um, after the catch. Like, can he make plays? Yes. But you're seeing a guy that he doesn't have the fluidity in his routes, I think, to ever be more than like maybe a wide receiver three in an offense. He does have some upper body strength. And where we saw him win on certain routes throughout the week was when he was able to like use that upper body strength to his advantage, whether that was, you know, dealing with some guys manning up on him um, or pressing him at the line or in his routes. And he's able to separate with hand fighting, things like that. But not a guy that I'm really excited about. Not, not a guy that I'm probably even going to worry about stashing in Dynasty. Such a shame, too, because, I mean, you know, so many awesome potential names. Emperor Mingo. Mingo was his name -o. I mean, there was just so many, so many options here, you know. It's, it's really disappointing. These guys need to think about this more, I think. Uh, what Another guy here that I hear was very disappointing, uh, especially for a lot of expectations going in on the week, Rasheed Rice out of SMU. Yep. Um, what, what are your takeaways are you still in as a potential prospect or has it really freaked you out? Um, it didn't freak me out because honestly, like I came into the week lower than I think than consensus on Rasheed Rice. Like um, there's been some buzz where like top 50 uh, in his range. I, I don't rate him as a top 50 player in this class. I think that he's probably like a late round two round three kind of guy. I think that he's got some intangibles probably because of how he tests his numbers on paper look good. Top 10 in PFF receiving grave and yards were outrun um, in his final season uh, at SMU. But a guy that I thought like had a good but not great week uh, at Senior Bowl. And a lot of the things that I still had con concerns with this game was being a, a consistent separator, having the footwork as well as the ability to sink your hips and get separation on whether it's short, intermediary routes, comebacks, curls, slants. He's good at slants because he's able to use his body um, and his size, which he's not a massively big guy, but six one or six foot. We'll see what, you know, I have to go back and see what he actually measured in. And I want to say it was six one, but he's got the size to win and get inside leverage and like win on slants, but not a guy that like I'm overly like over the moon and saying he could be a number one wide receiver in an offense. Like I look at him probably in the top range of his outcomes. You're looking at a guy that maybe is like a solid two. Okay. What about Andre Isovis from Princeton? Yeah. Andre, uh, Yosh, I always mess up his name. Yosivash. Um, he had, I thought a solid week, um, as a guy that, and I had to amend my comp on him when I wrote up the senior bowl primer, I said he was 2023, um, Christian Watson. I have since come down on that. 
Um, I think that he has some things with his game that are good. And there's also a lot of concerns. Like I, I walked into the process higher on him than I walked away from it. Um, I was hoping that he was going to be a guy that, because we know like he's on the freak list. He's a track star. He's got speed for days. You didn't see that speed translate to the field as much as I was hoping for, and the other part about his game, and that that does honestly concern me, and uh, okay, take this with a grain of salt though, Evan, I am not a hand size BMI kind of truther, but we got to bring this up because it's something that I did feel like was one of the warts that creeped up in his game. Um, I thought, I think that he needs to get quicker in and out of his breaks as far as like with his route running. So there's still something to be had that he needs to hone there. But the thing that I want to bring up about his hand size is... His hands measured in at eight, eight inches and five eighths, which are tiny. Just for comparison for everybody out there that is not a hand size truther or has not looked at this stuff. I'm not a hand size truther, by the way, but I have looked at the numbers. Let's just throw out a list of, of comparable hand sizes for Mr. Yossi Vosh. Robbie Anderson, Stephen Sims, Marquise Goodwin, Kyle Phillips. Not a great list, huh? Jakeem Grant and Eddie Roller or Eddie Royal. A lot of smaller wide receivers that, oh, look at that. They're 5'8", they're 5'9". Oh, they're, their bodies are tinier, tinier and so are their hands. Um, and Yosivash is not that size. He's 6'1", 6'2". So we're looking at a perimeter guy. You saw that crop up in not so much deep targets, but targets to the boundary and contested situations where he did not come down with the pass. Guys got up on him and he either dropped it or they got into his body and knocked it away. So some concerns, and I am much lower on Yosivash walking out of Senior Bowl week than I was heading in. Okay, fair enough. So maybe just a Burt Reynolds at this stage then. Yes. A decent stash. We're not like going out of breaking the bank, trying to get no. him on our squad at this point in the in the process. Last wide receiver then, Dontavian Wicks. What were your what were your thoughts? What's your 30-second spiel on Dontavian Wicks? Dontavian Wicks had a really good week. He had a he had a solid week at Senior Bowl. I think that he made himself some money. Um, Dontavian Wicks was a guy that I, I entered the process and I liked. I didn't love. Um, with him, I think that one of the calling cards was speed. Um, you saw in 2021, he was used as a deep threat. Like he was eighth in dot amongst all wide receivers of 50 or more targets. And they turned him into a short area weapon. So... Like I looked at him as being just a, a burner, a Z, possibly a field stretcher at the next level. Um, the speed was apparent from day one. Now, what I did see out of him was more, he was kind of like Jane Reed for me. I saw better route running chops throughout the week for Mr. Wicks than I gave him credit for that came out through film. So I think that he's somebody that really helped himself in the process. We'll see how he tests. And coming out of Virginia, where he goes in the NFL draft, um, I peg him right now as somewhere being a day three guy, though. Okay, so probably, again, just somebody we're maybe, maybe stashing, but we're not, like, really... Yeah, good. stashing, not not really worried about, like, he probably, in most of your 12-team, uh, four-round type of rookie drafts, he probably goes undrafted in a lot of different spots. So I have no problem stashing him on a taxi squad, but outside of that, like, I'm not trading into the last round of a rookie draft to grab him fair enough four running backs i want to hear about i want to hear about kenny mcintosh out of georgia yep. what were your what's your take on him 
Um, he had a good week. Um, I would like to see more out of Kenny. He did uh, go down with a calf injury on day one, so it took one of the three days away from practice. I think Kenny is one of those guys that like a lot of his attributes um, and how he's going to win at the NFL level is not going to come out at, at Senior Bowl as much because he's not a guy that's going to wow you with physicality. He's a slasher type of running back, really good in the passing game. You saw the ability in one-on-ones. Um, he was so-so, if not a little bit below average on pa- in pass protection drills. But Kenny McIntosh is somebody that, from a statistics perspective, he checks so many different boxes. If he tests well, which I think he's going to test well, then he's going to be somebody I'm going to be massively interested in Dynasty Rookie Drafts. Kenny McIntosh is who I think that everybody wanted Rashad White to be last year. He is a little bit more of an upright runner, slasher type. I think that he has... He's a better rusher than Rashad White was coming out. I think he's also a better receiver. Kenny McIntosh, when when you see the reps whenever he was lined up outside or in the slot, that dude looked like a flanker running routes um, in in uh, college. So I'm really enamored and, and intrigued by what he's going to bring to the table as far as a receiver at the NFL level because he was 13 yards per outrun. First in PFF receiving grade um, in the passing game. So I, I like him a good bit, man. I'm curious where the dynasty community is going to settle in on him, where he goes as far as NFL draft stock, because uh, I definitely I'm intrigued. Yeah, that's see, that's really interesting because, you know, I actually just did my Kenny McIntosh first film eval last night got through enough enough games i try and watch at least three full games really properly sit down and watch them before Mm -hmm. i give any sort of scores or thoughts on them and i wasn't that impressed like just from what i watched and so it's really interesting to hear your side of it it's going to make me go back and read reevaluate a little bit because i do trust you and i i do put weight in what you have to say i mean for me his ability his ability to catch and be utilized in the passing game was one of the biggest pluses um certainly for thinking about his fantasy potential um but that's good to hear that you you liked what you saw another guy that I'm really curious to hear your take on is Chris Rodriguez Jr. Because I wasn't that impressed when I watched the tape from 2022, but I hear some people really are. So you've seen him in person. What are your thoughts? Uh, Chris Rodriguez is a grinder back. Um, I'm glad you said that. (laughs) Because I was like, am I crazy? Because I don't see No, he is, man. This is not to shade him, but I don't see him going any higher than day three of the NFL draft. You look at a lot of his metrics like, yeah, is it good that he's 23rd and yards after contact per attempt in 2022? He was 11th in PFF elusive rating. Yeah, that that's all great and grand. Um, and I'm not taking that away from him because, yes, he, he's not a bad early down runner, but there are holes in his game as well. I think that he's not a guy that's going to blow people away with testing. I think that you're looking at a guy that in his final season, he ran 50% of his uh, rushing attempts were on gap scheme runs. And I think that holds up. I think that he is more limited in his athleticism to where he is going to be a little bit more scheme specific um, in where he goes, how he succeeds. He's not a guy that I, that I look at can create a lot on his own. So a lot of it is, Can he get what's blocked? Maybe make one guy miss? Sure. But he's not a guy that I'll look at as having like a second gear. He's a straight line runner. He's a one speed runner. So he's not a guy that I'm going to be looking at as far as like in dynasty rookie drafts. He's just, 
He's a guy that I think probably goes on day three. He doesn't get the draft capital for us to be really enamored with him. And he doesn't really possess a lot of the upside. Like he's not a pass catcher either. Yeah. He, he had 0.34 yards per route run and only 30 freaking collegiate targets. Yep. So you're looking at like, what are you hoping for in that? Like he, what becomes Gus Edwards? Yeah. Like, like that's it. Yeah. Like, looking at a guy that like maybe he falls into a committee and he's able to garner the early down set of work, but that's not somebody I'm really that interested in. And especially considering his talent and everything else. So let me read you some of my scouting notes on him and you tell me if this is what you're saying. So my scouting couple of my scouting notes, vision isn't the best misses running lanes regularly chooses to put head down (laughs) and go for it. Um, Good power, able to plow through defenders at times at his best, lowering his shoulder and plowing straight ahead gap scheme. Um, could be solid two down back, but he needs to land in the right spot and get touchdown equity. <laughs> Evan, are you reading off of my my page here? Uh, here here is here is my five bullet points, and then people can go check me. I'm not lying. They can go check me. This is in my senior bowl primer, uh, which you can search Google Google it up. Senior bowl primer and fantasy pros. These are my five bullet points on Mr. Rodriguez Jr questionable vision on zone runs will take the cut back often as he lacks the speed to get to the edge won't stretch it to the boundary best utilized on gap scheme as a gap scheme back with clear downhill running lanes rodriguez is dependable volume back and a solid interior rusher he gets what's blocked but displays little ability to get more than that has a power back mentality inviting contact but doesn't have the extra thump or leg drive to run people over he's a straight line runner and one speed runner Two, two, two minds, two minds, one brain. Uh, love I love it. it. Absolutely love it. So yes, we're on the same page there. Love to hear that guy who I'm way more interested in. Eric Gray. Talk to me about Eric Gray. I feel like he had a pretty underwhelming 2021 and I wasn't as excited, but then his 2022 seems a lot more interesting. Um, but what are your, what are your thoughts on him? I haven't had a proper 22 dive on him yet, but I did his work on 2021 in case he did come out. So I wasn't mm-hmm. thrilled in 21, but I, from what I understand, he had a better 22. What was he like at the senior bowl? Um, Really ho-hum. I think that he showed he showed some um, some some burst on certain runs, cutback ability. He caught a few like dump down passes and stuff, and made a guy miss or two. But Eric Gray, I think, is somebody that again we're talking about the buckets of guys that could have better NFL careers than they have fantasy careers, and that's where I put Eric Gray. Like his metrics are not fantastic. He's fifty seventh in breakaway run rate in twenty twenty two, forty second in elusive rating, forty second in yards of contact per attempt. I, I mean, my bullet points are he's going to probably be a quality RB2 in the NFL. He wins with vision. He has a good feel for zone runs, patience to let his blocks develop. But he's not a guy that's going to create a ton on his own. He's not a much in, in way of tackle breaking. Um, his leg drive is only average to maybe below average. Um, you see him get brought down a little bit too often by shoestring tackles, so not really able to make guys miss or break tackles, even arm tackles. I mean, I comped him to a guy that for a hot minute there, um, we were talking about in fantasy circles way back when, who had some pass game utility. And I think that Eric Gray does have some of that. Um, my comp for him is Bilal Powell. And that's kind of how I view Eric Gray. Good RB two could be pressed into a, a start or two or a few down the stretch if injuries strike. Is he a guy that's ever going to be a consistent lead back or somebody we're going to talk about for multiple seasons in fantasy? 
no. I think you're looking at a guy that kind of like the, the Haley's comment that was Bam Knight for a second in fantasy this past season, I think is how, and not as far as like a player comp, but how his fantasy, um, how his fantasy career could kind of go. Like if injury strike, could he, you know, be an RB two in one of these weeks and then just disappear back into the void? Probably. That's very interesting. Yeah. Cause like I said, I remember not being overly thrilled with his 2021 team. I wasn't. Um, and then I haven't dug into his 22 yet, but I knew some people had gotten more excited by 22. So I was curious to hear your you take. You won't be that much more thrilled <laughs> with 2022. I'm guessing. I can't wait to dive in now. Alaska. I know. I know. Just earmarking it for tonight. Like right after we get off this recording. Yeah, great. I was going to have an early Friday night, but after that, I'll be up all night. Um, I know, man. I mean, I'll send you as many gray clips as I have. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I will won't even need coffee. Um, you, you, I was fixing to say you might want to uh, break out the bourbon or the scotch for your Rubik's cube cup if you're going to be stuck watching Eric Gray all night. Oh Just dear! Saying. Ouch! He's out. Eric Gray out here catching strays at the end of this. Um, but listen, last guy, I saved the best for last. Talk to me about Tajay Spears. <laughs> You did save the best for last. Look at you, man. Everybody getting through the whole episode just to hear me rant and rave about Tajay Spears. You love to see it. Yeah, see? Not my first rodeo. Uh, that, that's what that's what a good host does. Tajay Spears made himself a a nice um a nice chunk of change at the senior bowl. He was awesome. Um my comp for him entering the process, because the, again, we need to set our expectations and be real about this. This is not me shading players for not, you know, packing on enough pounds and being above 200 pounds. A lot of people are like, that's such an arbitrary cutoff. Okay, fine. You go search for yourself. How many running backs over the last five to 10 years have weighed under 200 pounds and have been consistent fantasy producers? I can promise you it's going to be a very short list and you're probably going to cry into your pillow after you find this out. So with that, entering the process for Tajay Spears, my first comp for him was Kenyon Barner. And exiting the process and seeing Mr. Spears weigh in not at 190, not at 194, which we thought going into the process, but weighing in at 204, change your outlook at the NFL level, change your comp. And how many times over the last few years, Evan, have we seen running backs that we go into the process, they're at that 190-ish kind of border range, and we're like, look, you go to the all-you-can-eat buffet, you take a modium, you, I don't want you to take a crap for like four days. I need you every bit of water. All cheese yeah. diet. Everything all that cheese. you could possibly pack on about a good five or six extra pounds, do it. You never see that happen, man. It's always... Oh, well, he's in the 190s. Oh, dear God in heaven, he weighed in even lighter. Like, these are the things that happens. Spears did not do that. He weighed in at 204, so the comp's got to change, man. I look at him as Michael Carter 2.0. I look at him as Michael Carter with better speed. Dude, I literally was watching Tajay Spears last night getting ready for this, and I wrote down, like, Michael Carter question I put, I, My comp for Tajay Spears and the updated version of the Senior Bowl primer was Tajay Spears is Michael Carter with a jetpack. Um, he has more raw speed than Michael Carter, same ways that he wins, wins in vision. I think that a guy that you're looking at, he's top 15 in damn near everything I care about in 2022. Yards of contact per 10, breakaway run rate, PFF elusive rating. He was 5th, 15th, and 11th in those metrics. And for a guy that he 
the numbers match what we saw in Mobile, and this was really good weight he put on like as a guy i'm watching his film and my my write-up legit says slender build and lower half um gives some concerns to his tackle breaking ability and i go on uh onto the field to interview players after the first practice on day one of senior bowl and i'm looking around to guys and i see a guy standing over there and i'm like must be one of the cornerbacks like this dude's freaking built he's stacked like uh, his legs, uh, his calves are probably as big as my thighs. Like, okay. Um, and then he turns around and he's carrying a freaking two lane helmet and it's Tajay Spears. And I'm like, all righty then. Um, nothing but good things for Tajay Spears, man. I think that he's got a chance. He's going to have to run in the freaking four threes to have a chance to rad round two. I don't see that happening unless the team falls in love with him and looks at him in a, in, um, a really good light and just loves him to death. I think that you're comfortably looking at his floor is round four. Um, but I think that he settles in as a round three running back um, in the NFL draft. And I, for all the puff and praise that he got throughout the week at senior bowl, he deserves every freaking bit of it, man. He looked explosive on runs. He looked um, at like a guy that, was not asked to pass protect a ton and Tulane was not utilized nearly enough in the passing game at Tulane. Although in 2022, he was 21st in PFF receiving grade. Um, as a guy that really could show some utility in the passing game moving forward, like first two days, pass protection reps were kind of rough. But what you did see throughout the week is he 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 learned. He got better. Like on day, it was either late day two or day three, um, he got blown out of his cleats and maybe the first, maybe the second rep on the third rep, same guy freaking held his ground would have held up quarterback wouldn't have been touched. It was really good to see because throughout the process and that you saw the tenacity in him wanting and part of like being good in pass protection is these guys wanting to do it. You know, you see a lot of them just mad at the and dude just, Oh, it's okay. I'd rather run a route. Yeah. Let me run a route. You know, we're chipping guys and then running routes. Um, so from Tajay, I think the pass game utility is intriguing. I think that he could show more in the NFL level than he ever showed in college in that aspect. And I think that the praise is warranted, man. Like, I think that he's probably going to go round three, round four in the NFL draft. And he's a guy that we're going to be talking about a ton. And if people are going to sit here and let Tajay Spears fall a little bit in rookie drafts and push against some of the hype and the talent that the kid has, I'll enjoy the value. You know, I have no problem with that. And it's okay. It's okay, people, to like talented players. It's okay to like players that get some hype. These are fine things to do. You have my permission to do these things, because guess what? You should have been already. We've talked about a lot of players here. I'm going to ask then, you know, we talked, I think last year it was like Christian Watson was your dude coming out of the senior bowl. You were in love with Christian Watson. Yeah. You had really nice things to say about guys like Damian Pierce as well. But I feel like Christian Watson was kind of your guy coming out, which lo I loved because I think that was one of the things we bonded over because I was loving Christian Watson. I had put him out as a, a first round rookie draft pick. I, I like talented players, Evan. I don't know what to say. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of heat for that. And I know you got a lot of heat. Oh, dude. And when um, I ran Christian Watson over Traylon Burks last year, my man were blown apart people were like ah man have you ever watched ball do you even look at spreadsheets <laughs> so i'm gonna ask you the million dollar question here who gets your mr depeche mode award for this this senior bowl because you just can't get enough evan hall 
Yes. It's easy. Yes. This, this question is super easy. I already know that I'm going to be out on a limb with Evan Hull um, until everybody tucks their tail between their legs and they come out and they say, you know what? He's pretty good. And I think you're going to see that in the process, man. So Evan Hull is definitely my dude. Um, I'm not going to shut up about him. I think that he's going to test well. I think that he is going to get more love from the dynasty community. The more we come through the process, I'm perfectly happy being out in front and I'm perfectly happy fighting with anybody that wants to say otherwise because i think the kid's going to be be a good nfl player that is awesome one of these days we will have to disagree just to make it more interesting but i absolutely love that i was all about christian watson last year with you i'm all on board the evan hole hype train this year let's do this thing man you've been awesome thank you so much for your time apologies it went so long but obviously you know when you're oh good man i don't know when to shade up, shut up sometimes that's not on you evan that's a me thing <laughs> no no absolutely i mean you were amazing like i said i could talk all night but i'm aware that you're a busy dude you've got a lot going on and i really appreciate you taking the time to hop on so guys again i can't imagine there might be one of you out there in Zimbabwe who has not followed Derek Brown yet. Um, and for some reasons, listening to this podcast, that'd be pretty funny. You should go follow him at Debro underscore FFB. He is doing the Lord's work out here, raising the truth and the gospel of Evan Hull, Christian Watson, and all beloved fantasy players from small underperforming schools. He is an amazing uh, content creator at Fantasy Pros. He is carrying on um, amazing Mike Taglier's legacy and doing a fantastic job at it. And he is actually just a good human being. So give him a follow, check out his work. And um, do you have anything else you want to shout out? Anything else you want to plug or say before we go, Derek? Yeah, man. I mean, look, um, we uh, there's never an off time over at Fantasy Pros. We're always trying to give you the edge that you need to win. So um, I got to spread the good news, man. Um, our best ball kit is live. So you get into these early drafts over at Underdog and where have you. You need to head over to fantasypros.com, check out the best ball kit. My cohort and my partner in crime, Andrew Erickson, has done an amazing amount of work on this kit. It is fantastic. Whether you are a seasoned or just getting into best ball type of player, this is going to be able to cover everything that you need. And this is also a small tease. Since we are on Dynasty Rookies, our Dynasty Rookie Draft Kit should drop towards the end of february is kind of what we're looking at tentatively right now um i'm going to be doing a lot of lifting for that a lot of um i'm going to have positional primers for quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end as well as strategy pieces and all things in between so if you've gotten anything out of this episode if you've tuned in you stayed to the end you love evan and you're dealing with me go check it out because i think that there is something to be found there for everybody and if you think i'm lying to you at me on Twitter. Let's have a chat. Let's talk about it. Because I promise you I'm not. I promise you I'm not giving you a sales pitch. I promise you I'm blowing smoke. These are really, honestly, good things to help you in best ball and dynasty. Absolutely. Nailed it. You've said it all. You've done it all. You're an amazing guest. Amazing dude. Thank you once again, guys. Go give him a follow. Make sure and check out that work. Start a GoFundMe so you can afford all these amazing content, all these amazing pieces of content that are coming out. But then again, you'll win it all back through your best ball earnings. So it'll be all worth it in the end. Guys, hopefully you enjoyed that as much as I did. Or even if you only enjoyed it half as much as I did, it'll still be a good time. We are diving into rookies. Stick with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be me. 
My fist wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those Arby's You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those Arby's on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate